Hey, good morning. Welcome to episode number four of the Matt Martial Arts Podcast. It's our first podcast of 2023. Today is January 2nd. We hope everybody has had a great start to the new year. Uh, I had a chance to spend some time talking with Tony White from uh, Shoshin Jiu-Jitsu in Erie, Pennsylvania. It, it was a really good conversation talking about Tony's origin story of what got him into Jiu-Jitsu and some of the some of the positive effects it's had on his life. Um, also talking about the lineage and different types of martial arts and how uh, the mindset of continuously being a learner is is so helpful in uh, in in sort of the martial arts pathway. So it's a really good conversation. We do have information on how you can find Tony on his socials and also information about his academy. So if you're in the area of Erie, Pennsylvania, definitely go check him out. So. Um, this is going to be a two-part episode because we really, we really got talking once we got some momentum, we, uh, we broke up into two pieces. So, uh, hope you enjoy it. And like I said, hope everybody's 2023 is off to a great start. So here we go. Hey, Tony, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you. So thank you so much for taking the time out to to come here on the show and and talk with us about kind of everything jujitsu, like what got you into it, like what you're up to about your academy and all those things. Um, I think that's a great place to start. I mean, would you mind kind of just, you know, giving the listeners kind of some background into kind of like what got you into jujitsu and like what you're up to now? Because I know you're you're doing some really cool things. Yeah, well, um I guess my story actually goes back a long ways. Um, and there's a couple wave tops that maybe we'll just touch and then kind of detail out as we go along here. Sounds great. <laughs> so first thing, um, my stepdad was my first teacher and he got into, he was a karate instructor that got into jujitsu in 1993 with the first UFC. And then uh, after that, there was a long gap and then I started training again with him later when I was about 20 and then another, another long gap. And I started training officially at an Academy in 2017. Um, so let's go back and, and fill that in a little bit. Okay. Sounds um, great. So 1993, I'm like seven years old, six, seven years old. And uh, the first UFC happens and just like many people, um, my stepdad got really in, interested in jujitsu at that time. He was a karate black belt. He, he taught at a karate school locally, and that was his passion. And uh, it seemed, I always kind of say it this way, that uh, there were two different kinds of people in the martial arts world on that night. There were people who said, ah, that little Brazilian guy, he'll never take me down. And then there were the people that said, uh, man, I, I got to learn this stuff. <laughs> And so my stepdad was kind of in that second category and, and I became his grappling dummy at about age six, seven, eight years old. And uh, so that was my introduction to jujitsu was the uh, the original VHS tapes of uh, Horian and Hoist demoing all the moves. And um, it was a lot of fun, uh, although I would never let my stepdad know that at the time. <laughs> it was kind of pulling teeth to get me to lay down on the carpet, but uh, it turned out to be pretty um, influential for me much later on down the road. Uh, he went and actually studied at the Gracie Academy with um, Grandmaster Horian and Hoyce, 
Um, he wanted to open up a school here in Erie. That was his goal. And unfortunately, things didn't work out the way that they had planned. You know, his, his dad got sick and there were other things that just kind of interrupted that dream for him, unfortunately. Um, so they spent about nine months in California learning at the Gracie Academy and, and I did not go out there with them. I, I moved from my mom's house to my dad's house. Um, but I did visit. So I have been to the, to the Academy on Carson street, I believe way back in the day, in like 1998, I made a visit there. <laughs> and, uh, so that was pretty cool. I folded some t-shirts with the young man. I don't even remember his name, but, but they put me to work. <laughs> Nice. Um, so then uh, I kind of lost touch. I didn't really do jujitsu. Once they moved to California, I didn't really do jujitsu until I was about 20. And then my stepdad had opened a very small school in a, in a town a little ways outside of Erie. And uh, I was like 21, 2021, 20, something like that. And it just was something to do. I would drive down there with my buddy and, and we would do class and it was fun and I enjoyed it. And at the time, I wasn't taking it super seriously. I definitely wasn't taking it as a as a lifestyle. It was just um, more in the uh, learning how to fight for the sake of fighting. You know, yeah. not so much not so much uh, positive life influence. If I'm being completely honest, um, that's my approach. It wasn't because of his poor teaching. It was my bad mindset. Um, that said, that lasted for about a year or two. And then I got sucked into the bar scene. I got into a lot of uh, pool leagues and, and that just kind of drew my attention. And the more that I went down that road, the more I was, uh, let's just say not being very healthy. You know, I, I was <laughs> yep. drinking a lot. I was, I was doing some other stuff that wasn't particularly healthy and it definitely was a downhill slope for me. And, and I'm, I'm, it's always a little strange to talk about it, especially publicly, because I don't know always how much people care or how much uh, they can relate. I've, I've experienced that people do relate to it pretty well, but it's still like, eh, I don't know how much you want to hear about it. Um, but I'm always open to, to talk about it if people have specific questions. So if you want to know about that stuff, we can you can kind of pick at me a little bit and, and we'll see where that goes. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I think I think your story, I know that when we were talking a couple of days ago, your your story for me was was super powerful. And we could we could get into that in, in like little bits and pieces kind of as we go, right? And that was another thing with our conversation the other day. It is too bad that we weren't taping it because there were some real nuggets in there. And I and I know that we came back and I took some notes and, and would love to like dig into a few of those few of those different things. But I guess the main question for me is that that mind shift that it's like you know, you're doing jujitsu to learn how to fight. You're doing it with a buddy and, and it wasn't the healthiest lifestyle, right? Like, you know, the bar thing was kind of competing. What made you say, wait a second, enough of this. And Hey, let's really focus on jujitsu, not only for yourself, but also for other people because in teaching and really being out there as like a super positive influence, especially in your area, like what made you make that jump? Because it's also a massive jump in commitment when you take that on. So what was, what was the thing that made that happen? Okay. So that's a, a great segue because, okay. So I made that jump into the bar life, right. Yep. And I, I got pretty consumed there. And then it was actually 2017, right around this time of year. Um, 
slightly after new year, I was, I was over 300 pounds, although I don't know exactly how far over because you know, who you stop, you stop uh, getting on the scale at a certain point. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know? And I always joke with people that at that time I was over 300 pounds and I had a thousand pounds of bad habits. <laughs> I love that expression. <laughs> and so I was at a bit of a moment of um, kind of fork in the road, right? You ha- I, had, I had a choice to make and it was becoming clear that there wasn't a lot of time left to make the choice or the choice was going to get made for me. Um, so the story that I tell, and my mom tells a slightly different version of this, but uh, my version of this is she sat me down and, and like many times throughout the years, because this is 10 years of the bar scene, I'm 30 years old now and I'm, I'm a mess, complete mess. And uh, she sat me down and she said that she was extremely concerned and, and that she's been going to a gym for a long time that she thinks would be good for me, you know, get me back in shape a little bit and could be a positive thing for me and for my life. And I said, okay, uh, I'm ready to try. Like I'm ready to put, to, to make this happen and get myself moving in some kind of positive direction. I joke with people too, that uh, the only reason why I was really all that interested in it at first was just because I, <laughs> I didn't like looking bad. I, I kind of wanted to, to be able to, to be confident and, and kind of, you know, <laughs> really it was like, get a girlfriend, <laughs> you know, hey. which, Hey, I'm still working on that part. So <laughs> self-improvement. That's, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah. But, um, so that's where it started was just a fitness thing. And, uh, I, I recognized right away that I was going to have to quit drinking. So in my, uh, infinite brilliance, <laughs> uh, I decided that, okay, I can quit drinking and I'll just do everything else more. <laughs> and that'll, that'll take care of that. Everything will be fine. And, uh, that was a very, very poor and unwise decision that did not last very long. Um, so I was going to the gym and I was starting to get myself back in shape. I was losing weight, but I'm going to the gym now, like still hopping from the night before. Like it's bad. Like it was not good. And I started thinking, man, this isn't, this isn't enough that I'm not, I'm not improving myself in the right way. Like, yes, physical improvement is important, but there's, there's something I'm still missing. And it was becoming clear that I needed some like mental, spiritual awakening of some kind. Yep. yep. And I don't really know what the inflection point was. I remember one video that I watched that changed the way that I looked at almost everything. And that was a video called Fish Love by a rabbi named Rabbi Tversky. Okay. And unfortunately he just recently died, but oh my God, did that guy make a paradigm shift for me? So he has a series of these little videos. They're like two, three minutes, but just little words of wisdom from, from this rabbi that got my attention one day. And I started thinking, oh man, I am, I'm looking in the wrong place. I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm trying to find fitness, but I'm not, I'm not in the right place. I, I need to be more spiritual about this. And I started thinking about other things that I have done in my life that were beneficial to me and that could be beneficial to me in multiple areas. And jujitsu started coming back to the forefront. 
even though I had practiced it in, let's say, not the most respectful way in the past, I always knew that it had power and that it had transformative power. And so I started looking at, um, actually, it was Hedon and Henner. Um, they've got great videos and they're very, very entertaining. So I was getting back into it. I was watching some of the, the mindset stuff that they have on Grace University, and that was tremendously inspiring. And I stumbled on Valente Brothers in one of their videos, in one of Hedon and Henner's videos. They did like a cutaway to Valente Brothers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, who are these guys? There's something special about them. And so I invested in in uh, a couple of their videos about philosophy of jujitsu and history. And, and it was like, oh, my God, there's a whole other element to this that is there to explore. Then that's that that's when it just clicks. Right. It's like you you found that thing that you knew was missing but once you found it you're like oh and that gave you the momentum to just clear everything up right yes yes and so at that moment i started like really seriously considering how am i gonna train the type of jujitsu that i want in the way that i want to get the results that i want okay emotionally and, and physically right yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as much emotionally as anything. Um, so I started looking around for schools and in our area, I knew there wasn't any Gracie um, affiliation of any kind. There were a couple of Helsin schools that were maybe like an hour one way, an hour another way. I'm like, ah, you know, I mean, uh, nothing against that association. I've learned a lot about them now and they're fantastic, but I just didn't, I was dead set on, um, the Gracie Academy and, and a CTC. I really wanted to learn at a CTC. Um, so I found Team Bundy, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, which was in Warren, Ohio. At that time, he was affiliated with the Gracie Academy um, and Pedro Sauer. They had like a dual affiliation at that time. And so I called him up and, and I had this goal that I don't even really know why this hammered into my head. But right from the beginning, my goal was to open a school and, and share jujitsu here and here. It just seemed like there was always like, how is it possible that we have a town with, you know, 100,000 people in the city and no Gracie? Yep. There's nothing here. That doesn't make any sense to me. Someone has to do it. May as well be me. <laughs> and at the time, I, I, it's so dumb to, to say this, but at the time, I really just thought, oh, wow, that'd be cool. That'd be a nice business to do. I can get up in front of people and, you know, teach some sweet moves, you know, not really at all thinking about the depth of the project or the, uh, the commitment or the responsibility that you have as a teacher. Like, it just seemed like a fun thing to do. So I'm like, ah, let's do that. <laughs> and um, it gave yeah, me... You get bonus points for honesty, though. That's cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so I'll be honest, if I had had the conversation with a student that Coach Bundy had with me, I have to like check myself and wonder, would I have just laughed myself out of the building? Like I probably would have because I come up with, I come to Coach Bundy and I say, hey, sir, real nice to talk to you. Um, I would like to open a jujitsu school. I need to get my blue belt and I want to, I won't. So I would like to come to your school to get my blue belt so that I can open a school here in Erie. And like, if I were him, I would probably been like, okay, buddy, uh, 
see you later. Nice talking to you. Go ahead, try it online if you want, but I don't, I don't care. Like it's a kind of a, kind of a rough way maybe to start a conversation with a guy like, Hey, I want, I want to, I want to open my own school. And uh, anyway, he was extremely gracious. Uh, to well, my that, That's cool. Because like, he, he exhibited that mindset, right? That encouragement mm-hmm. rather than saying, rather than coming from a place where if he was self-serving, he probably would have tried obviously to shut down your idea. Yeah. Instead he gave you the tools and, and obviously had a pretty big impact, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so it was really nice. It was, we had a great conversation and he said, listen, you know, I like your goals. Sounds like you know what you want to do. And so, yeah, come on down, try class, see if you like it. And then we'll just kind of go from there. And, uh, Warren, Ohio is about 80 miles away from, from Erie. So it's a bit of a hike to get there. Um, so I go for my first class and I like it. He didn't have to sell me like Honestly, Hero and Henner sold me a long time ago. <laughs> so they did the same to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I didn't really need much help to to sign up for his classes, but he he taught a great class and it was fun and I enjoyed it. And so uh, I stuck with it. I signed up that day and I started going to class two days a week and then three days a week and then eventually I'm there four nights a week and it's like, oh my god, this is getting to be a, a lot. But um it's been an amazing journey along the way, you know? So that was 2017. I had already, Tony, Tony, I'm sorry to interrupt. Let's, let's just go back really quickly. And and I just want to make sure everybody, everybody's hearing this in context, right? How far was the Academy from your house? How many miles were you driving to and from 80 miles to and 80 miles home? So 160 miles a day, every, every time you went to class. And the reason why I wanted to specifically call that out is I I have about a two hour commute one way, but it's an hour coming home. And I think it's 30, 35 miles, mm-hmm. Los Angeles traffic and whatnot. That's a massive commitment. And, and I want to like, I want to applaud you on that. And I just want to make sure everybody heard 160 miles per class you're driving. And obviously yeah. to me, it's like, I see why you do it. Like I drank the Kool-Aid. I love it. I would, you know, I would drive as far as it have to go for, you know, for me, I drive to Gracie Academy in Torrance. Um, but just wanted to call that out to people. I mean, that is that that type of commitment is very, very commendable, very commendable. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead. No, I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, it, it's it's really it's an interesting part of the entire process for me, because. In looking back at it, like one of the things that I had to do in order to to do jujitsu in Warren the way that I wanted to do it was I basically had to give up my entire life here. Um, it was work, drive to class, do class, drive home. There was nothing else, which turned out to be a good thing because it eliminated my time to do the things that I was really, really tempted to do. Yep. Go to the bar, you know, so it, it it helped me to kind of escape from that lifestyle that I knew I needed to escape from. Um, and so I didn't mind it. And as it turns out, <laughs> when you have a huge commute like that, you've got lots and lots of time to listen to podcasts, to listen to books. If you're into that kind of thing, there's all kinds of learning that you can do while you're driving that has turned out to be absolutely essential to my development long term because you can do an hour of uh 
you can listen to music in the car. You can listen to a podcast, an educational podcast in the car. Or you could take that same hour and go to the bar, right? So one is neutral, one is very positive, and the other is not positive at all, right? So I, I, I started really getting obsessed with maximizing that time in the car. And so I've had a lot of, <laughs> I've, I've spent a lot of time on, on YouTube and on Spotify and, and um, just trying to kind of sharpen that personal sword while I'm driving and then sharpen the martial skills when I get to training. And then, you know, maybe on the way home, depending on how everything went, I'll just listen to some music, never know. <laughs> but um, it was an exercise in personal development from the second I left work to the second I got home. It was just focus, focus, focus. That is that is so impressive, right? <clears throat> One thing I'd love to touch on too is the, the name of your academy and the meaning behind it, because I draw a lot of similarities between what you're saying, because I, I know that there are a lot of people, a lot of very high profile people who their their words don't match their actions. And, and to me, your words definitely match your actions. And so, again, that's I think that's super commendable. And I think that's something that, you know, your students, I'm sure, also have a lot of respect for because you don't cut corners. Right. Like, you know, you made some decisions that caused some mega life shifts. Right. So so if you could you tell me about sort of like, you know, tell me about your academy, the name of your academy. And it's something that I really enjoyed the other day talking about with you. And there are a couple of different points in that. But so if you could just sort of share kind of the meaning of your academy name and kind of what you're doing, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, great. So um, the name of our academy is Shoshin Jujitsu. OK, and. Shoshin literally translates to beginner's mind, okay, or, or beginner's spirit. And it has several elements. It's, you know, when you look at the Japanese kanji, you'll start to um, realize right away that one word is almost never enough to translate these kanji. Um, they're extremely profound concepts. They're, they're deep, meaningful characters. And... So Shoshin is like a combination of humility, open-mindedness, curiosity, um, willingness to learn, eagerness to learn. It's, you hear, sometimes you'll hear people talk about it today as the learner's mindset. Um, I think it's a very similar concept. But the humility piece of it, I think, is probably the most important. Um, this idea that over time, we have a tendency as humans to get a little bit egocentric. We have a tendency to start thinking, oh, you know, I've been doing this for two years and I've seen that move 10 times. I, I got it. I don't need to pay close attention to this particular demonstration. Like I, I know the move, I'm good. I'll just go drill it or I'll, I'll, you know, whatever. This white belt, he has nothing to share to me about this move how could he possibly he's this is his first time seeing it how could he teach me that's the i think at least mine i mean maybe i'm just a bonehead <laughs> but i feel like it's pretty natural to kind of have thoughts like that like okay i got it i i don't need to pay close attention but shoshin says that as time goes on um yes it gets harder to look at things from that brand new fresh perspective but it's more important for us to invest time in that fresh perspective that as if you're looking at it for the first time that 
curious, like, oh my God, that's an interesting observation. I appreciate you telling me that. Like I have a rule, a personal rule that, um, cause I needed a lot of work in this area personally, because I have, I'm, I'm one of these like naturally, <laughs> I guess, egotistical kind of guys. So I'm just like, yeah, I know that I'm, 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 I'm the smartest man in every room. Like, no, that's that's wrong, sir. <laughs> but um, <laughs> jujitsu can humble you for for sure. That's for yeah. sure. That's yes. for sure. And it really did right away. So I created a rule for myself early on where even if I think they're completely wrong, even if I hate everything that they just said, I have to say the words. Thank you very much to any input that anyone has in my journey. Anything, any comment on my technique, any comment that they make about their own observation, anything. I have to thank them for offering me their perspective. And that has helped me tremendously to, to learn and to stay um, grounded and to work with people better, is to always just say thank you. So I feel like it gets harder over time because as you increase in skill, then that, that ego on the other side starts to creep up too. So we need to keep that thing in check. Right. And, and I was just going to call that out too. And, and I think that, you know, Gracie Jiu Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but Gracie Jiu Jitsu uh, specifically for me, it's been, it has been such a, an education on myself. Like growing up, I also kind of struggled with the, no, no, I've been doing this for years. My way is, is the right way. And, you know, Jiu Jitsu really kind of got that out of me very quickly. And it's had such an impact on other areas of my life to where now within, you know, with work or raising my kids or family, just all of those different things, I'm much, I'm much more open to seeing if a different perspective that's different than my own, if I miss something, or maybe I've seen it, but I didn't integrate it into how I do things. And so I know that in, from my own life, that's been really powerful Yeah. and the beginner's mindset. I mean, I feel so blessed to be able to train at Gracie university with Henry and Hiron. Um, and, they promote this openness where you could ask them any question and they could, they could show a technique and somebody can say, well, why do you do this instead of that? And I've never one time seen them say, well, that's just how you do it. They'll actually show you and they'll, and, and Hiron is really funny. He'll sit there and he'll say, well, maybe I'm wrong. Like, let's play with it. And he'll see and he go, no, nope, no, I was right. But it's, it's a real <laughs> world application as opposed to being in a setting where, you know, I, I did karate growing up as well. I don't know if I mentioned that the other day, did it for a long time. And we had, we had a great instructor, but it was still very much like, okay, don't question the instructor. You do it exactly like they show it. And we were always very um, concerned about like, you know, offending the instructor, right? Like, like, who are you to question me? You're out, you know, whatever belt it may be. I am an eighth degree grandmaster. And I've done like the Gracies are the exact opposite. They're like, you know, the other night I walked into the academy and I saw Hiron wearing a white belt and I'm like, wait, wait, what's going on here? And I haven't even talked to them to get the story, but it's funny. There's like little lessons like that where you're always learning and you're super open to perspectives because we are always sampling. And that's a conversation that you and I had the other day, always sampling to find, okay, like what, what else can you integrate in? How can you evolve your game by learning from everybody in the room? And I, I thought that was, I thought that was super cool. Yeah, one thing that that uh, it's funny you mentioned the white belt because one one thing that you hear um, Master Sauer talking about Peter Sauer, the the leader of our association. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he talks about this all the time. Of always be a white belt. He he says it all the time. 
And I've always just translated that to Shoshin. Like it's the same thing. It's that idea that, you know, always keep yourself grounded. Always make sure that you uh, look at it from that perspective of, I have something to learn here today. In this moment, there's something for me. I just need to find it. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's something that's tough, but you have to, you have to train it just like, just like anything else in jujitsu, you have to train this ability to keep that perspective or to get back to it because it's easy to lose it and then snap yourself back. I found myself like that was always the struggle for me is like, oops, there's an ego. <laughs> there's one time to come back. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I named the school Shoshin because I wanted that to be what we do here as an organization. Our goal is to maintain that attitude at all times. And so it's just going to be the name. We're not going to screw around. We're not going to talk about it like, like, you know, once a month. Like, this is what we do. We are all here to teach each other, to learn, to appreciate each other's perspectives and I mean, I have students who, like, I have one student who's a, a, a very accomplished judoka. I have another student who's done a fair amount of Aikido. I have another student who was a good wrestler. And now I can smash them and say, no, that's not how we do things here. Sorry, that's not Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Or I could say, can, can you show me that again? Because, I mean, it looked like that worked. So show, show me what you did. I, I, I want to see that. I want to feel that. I'm, let's, let's work that in if we like it. Okay, does it apply in self-defense? And is it an efficient movement? And can people, the average person, do it? If it fits those criteria, I'm pretty sure those are the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu criteria. Yep, it is. It <laughs> you really know? is. So if that's, if, if it, if it fits that criteria, then let's put it in because that's a good move. Right. And I had a class the other day where I had, um, those two, two of those people that I was talking about, I did a class on takedowns and I was like, you know what, you guys, you guys know this stuff, help me color in the details. You know, how do, when you do a judo class, how do you do this? Because your judo class is probably different than mine. I do judo also, by the way. Um, your judo class probably does things different than mine does. How do you do Uchikomi with Osotogari? You know, let's compare. Let's try both. See what, see what we like better. Um, and then the other dude, hey, we've got a single leg takedown that we're doing. You wrestled for a long time. I like to drop the guy down like this. How do you do it? And he had a different idea, a completely different idea for me. And I could have just said, yeah, well, you know, but. That, that's an interesting point. And so I know that I know that we're almost at time and I know that and I know that we can we can definitely continue this with a with a part two. Right. And so it's, okay. it's just it's just a recording issue. So we can hop right back on, actually. But I'd love to I'd love to also unpack that because, well, while we're sitting here and this is like how that we do it, I, I still find it super unique and very powerful to this, this mindset, like this sort of Gracie jujitsu mindset of being open to everything. And, and also for master sour as well, right? Like the beginner's mind, I think is huge. And so I'd love to sort of continue going on that. So let's, uh, let's cut right now and come right back on the same link and then we'll keep going. Sound good. Okay. Sounds awesome. good. See you there.